This time on No Not the Mind Probe, episode number 65, Creep Impact. Welcome to No, Not the Mind Bro. It's creepy. It's scary. Mm. It sounds like Count Chocula. Mm. Um, Delicious. <laughs> which is coming back, by the way, apparently. Oh, is it? Uh, you've heard it here first, folks. Because On, he was uh, canceled before. <laughs> yeah, and thankfully, yeah. the woke mob is, yeah. will be overcome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, a, it was an unfair dis- depiction of a Transylvanian. And I think I think it's right. Yeah, you know? that's I mean, true. And, and it's count not a gendered term you know what i i don't want to start here but i do want to welcome our newest member of our podcast liz cheney who's joining us uh she finally has, had some free really time has, has something to say a conservative yeah. voice uh to add and, and sort of has the time hero of the democratic party <laughs> yeah somehow right i mean liz who who, knew, who who would have thunk it um and that's your timely uh probe news uh section if you're if you're noting uh, again there may be maybe a difference uh, in tone here we've actually rehearsed this section four times now this is, yeah this is a few this technical is, glitches this has been a rough episode we are on four right this is the fourth attempt yeah. to record this episode but uh, but I think I think we got it. I think we got it in the can uh, uh, this time. If, you know, it may, it, we maybe lost a little of the, the pep, the bubble, the sparkle that comes from sort yeah, of that yeah. winging it live. Yeah, um, well, look, the magic's gone, but we <laughs> soldier yeah. on. I mean, that's <laughs> that's never stopped us before. Right. Exactly. It's really I mean, it's it's not really bad for us if the magic's gone. It's really the people listening who have to put up with the <laughs> yeah. loss, we, loss of we magic. Ex- <laughs> to be clear, we experienced the magic. It was great magic. Right. Yeah, right. Know? Yeah. We're, now that it was never recorded and you'll never sure. hear it. But uh it's We're our fine. magic. That's our magic. You can't have that audience. It's not about this. This, this podcast, I think, as it's abundantly clear, is not about the audience. <laughs> now, <laughs> when you say this podcast, this is a podcast where we watch and rank every Doctor Who story ever. Isn't that correct? Yes, it is. Yeah. Mm. Oh mm-hmm. God. Oh, see, now we've thrown off the entire. Look at this. The whole rhythm is gone. <laughs> uh everything is gone but yes that's what happens here and uh, also what happens here is we find out uh, at this part right now that my name is john grant uh and i'm a lifelong uh, doctor who fan i've been watching for for 37 years and until this very moment we had not made a single mistake so uh, that's right that's that's absolutely <laughs> correct and my name is porter mason john's been asking me to watch doctor who for 25 years and almost two years ago actually yeah. we need to update that yeah, i finally said yes uh, each episode of this podcast, we look at two Doctor Who stories. We were going through the 21st century Doctor Who in order. And then our sommelier, John, pairs each newer Who story with a classic story. And John, what do we have in store for this episode? Ooh, it's our Halloween treat uh, two months early. Just uh, <laughs> beat the rush. You know, each year they right. put out the Christmas decorations earlier, Halloween. So this is just part of that. Like you huh? can already go to Michael's Arts and Crafts and get like a, a dumb styrofoam pumpkin. <laughs> and so while you're doing and that. Converted to religion, I think, like ideological Christianity. <laughs> a lot of things happen. Exactly. So while you're doing that, you know, listen to this episode. But yeah. what, what do we have in store? What do we have in store? We have horror. It's some horror, 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 horror. Tom Brokaw uh, episodes reporting have on the horrors of a horror. very serious episode. <laughs> uh, 
um uh it's uh it's matt smith uh it's it's karen gillon it, it's uh it's it's arthur Darville. uh you know our 11th doctor story uh and there's a, you're taking a little break out of the main story here and uh, and 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 helping a little kid um or is he hmm. uh with monsters in his closet so very you know very sort of right you know cuts to the cuts to the quick uh in terms of uh, kids watching at home uh, and we've paired that. Oh, there's some creepy dolls in there, a creepy house. So we've paired that with another creepy house uh, story. Uh, this is a, we, 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 it's been a while since we've seen the, the seventh doctor and ace. Mm. Uh, and uh, we, we find out um, what lies at the heart of the ghost light. <clears throat> All right, so we're going to recap these episodes. As John had to remind me a couple weeks ago, we do the new Who first. I kind yep. of forgot that, but I'm I'm back in. Yeah. Um, a lot of memos is... that exchange behind the scenes <laughs> where we've been back and forth with our producers, and and that's it. That's we're confirming it. That's the way to go. This is the 220th Doctor Who uh, story. Uh, it's series six, episode <laughs> nine. It aired on the third of September, 2011. It's a single episode, as you pointed out. It's it's. It, it as it started, I was like, oh, it f- had the feeling like it was going to be a Doctor Light episode or a Companion Light episode, but it, they're actually throughout. It's just a complete just step to the side. It just yeah. has nothing to do with the plot. Yeah. Um, and it is called uh, Night Terrors, and we have a little clip of that right now. He's supposed to be a professional. I'll never get him to sleep now. He's so irresponsible. No, Alex, responsible. Very cupboard bad. Cupboard not bare. Stay away from cupboard. And there's something else. Something I've missed. Something. Staring me in the face. Look, I'd like you to leave, please. You're just making things worse. Will you stop making tea? I want you to leave. No. What? What do you mean, no? Leave. Get out. Now, please. Look, maybe this was a bad idea. We should sort out George ourselves. Can't. No one's going to tell us how to run our lives. I don't care who you are or what wheels have been set in motion. We'll sort it. I'm not just a professional. I'm the doctor. What's that supposed to mean? It means I've come a long way to get here, Alex, a very long way. George sent a message, a distress call, if you like. Whatever's inside that cupboard is so terrible, so powerful, that it amplified the fears of an ordinary little boy across all the barriers of time and space. Hey? Through crimson stars and silent stars and tumbling nebulous like oceans set on fire. Through empires of glass and civilizations of pure thought and a whole terrible, wonderful universe of impossibilities. You see these eyes, they're old eyes. And one thing I can tell you, Alex, monsters are real. Tell uh, uh, Moffat and, and his compadres uh, like those kinds of speeches. The doctor does give a lot of those, um, and he always messes with, always delivers. Very good, very very good. Um, this episode also forced me to look up what a jammy dodger is. Oh, and yes. it's a little a Linzer cookie, as I would refer to it. Uh, but I guess is that that's the brand in the yeah. UK. Yeah, it's uh, and um, uh, it's a this is a callback to uh, another Matt Greatest episode. Remember, um, he uh, on the Dalek, the victory of the Daleks. So on the first Matt Smith meets the Daleks, uh, and he gets off the TARDIS and he says, "I have a, a self destruct button," uh, and it was a it was a brown thing with a red appeared to be a button in the middle of it and then the daleks were like that's not a self-destruct thing i mean they, they, they didn't say it like that obviously they said it like daleks they were like wait a sec that's a lady that's not a uh yeah and then he's like oh it's a jammy dodger so jammy dodgers has become a, a doctor thing they're actually quite delicious i get them yeah uh, whenever i'm in the uk they're good they're not my favorite people seem to really like those cookies and when you get cookie trays they're 
they're full of them and i'm like it's fine they're oh, fine i should but- say by the way um, obviously for any of our british uh, fans that was probably completely unintelligible uh biscuits they were biscuits we were oh discussing. i'm sorry uh, yes yeah. biscuits sorry about yeah. that everybody I, I, we didn't mean to go into another language here so yeah. let me uh uh i i i rarely am able to sum the plot up so uh, i'll try i'll try with this one but it's it's a horror story right from the beginning um and it's there's a when you have a horror story you want to get a creepy little kid that's what you want like yep. right off the bat yep so we have a creepy little kid who's um and i think all good horror stories um i'm not a fan of them by the way not because <laughs> that's just me like i just don't tend to like them but i feel like good horror stories are always rooted in a fear that we all have and can relate to so yep. this is rooted in just a childhood fear of the unknown and in this particular Closets. kid he's scared of the dark doesn't want to go to sleep at night scared of his room We've all had that in one way or another. And then particularly his parents seem to have done sort of a terrible thing to try to get him off of this is saying, oh, you're scared of your room? Don't worry. Just anything you're scared of, we have locked in this cupboard, which is still in your room. Yeah, right. Um, so that, that, that's how they try to get him to go to bed at night. But he's still scared of that. He thinks there's monsters in there. So these are parenting mistakes that that you've made similarly. Like, you know, have have you made a parenting mistake where you're just like you, you tried to explain something away and somehow made it infinitely worse? <laughs> yeah, I think so, like because what you tend to unfortunately discover as you have kids is they are not identical copies of you. So mm-hmm. I often will tell my girls things they're like well this would calm me down i'll just explain to you the specific part of this and don't it just worry them we're out. all going to die <laughs> 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 no no but no I'll, it's just calming i'll like give them some explanation or logic to something and they're like that didn't help at all like now i'm confused and possibly more scared so no i've definitely done those <clears> things um or or i'll think of the thing of like if they're scared of something like oh well let's just confront it and then you'll see it's fine and then move on like, mm-hmm. are you scared of bugs? Just put this bug on you. You see, it's fine. Actually, you'll just scream in terror and run away. <laughs> <laughs> so that didn't help at all. I mean, yes, um, if, you, if, you, if you if the trauma is severe enough, I think, as we know, then they'll forget it. Right. There'll be some sort of trauma induced amnesia. And it's such a great way. I, I feel like that's a great way to get past a lot of things. Right? Yeah, you just terrified bonk, bonk on, the, <laughs> on the head, too, as we know from cartoons. Then you yes. immediately get amnesia <laughs> yep. and uh, or, or sometimes caught in quicksand something like and that, sometimes have a new personality. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, we have this kid. He's got problems. He's he's sending him out to the world and kind of thinking like, I need help. I need help. And who does it go out to? Who answers the calls of any children in trouble? Who is mm-hmm. friend to all children and a big giant turtle who ravages Tokyo? Gamera. But in this yeah. case, Gamera. we're actually mm-hmm. following Doctor Who right. and uh, the Doctor who this message. Yeah. So yeah, the Doctor, Amy, and Rory are like, "Hey, let's put all this River Song stuff on hold. <laughs> let's just take a brief. Just put a pin in that. We'll get back to that. Um, and let's Dave and." Uh, comment on it um they get down into just like a dodgy block of flats in london they're like did we really need to like take the tardis here we could have just like (laughs) taken a cab (laughs) you know to get over here um they go around the complex they ultimately find the kid and uh they determine we we they get the story uh that everything's uh caught in his cupboard um on the way there, I believe Rory and Amy get caught in the cupboard early on. They uh, go lift Some, I, somehow. I'm oh, sorry, uh, the elevator, right? Yeah, they go to the yeah. basement. And, yeah, and I love that they, they get 
when they wake up from their unconsciousness or whatever, I just so like, we're dead again. Yeah, are we dead <laughs> again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, right. So they're they're kind of caught in his dream or, or whatever it is, and they see these creepy dolls going around. These very these marionette dolls that are very creepy. Um, Amy yeah, those gets are turn- a specific kind of doll that I've never heard of. I a style, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll look um, up while you talk. Amy, Amy gets turned into one. So Rory yet again <laughs> loses Amy and she dies. This is just a weekly occurrence a now. Theme. Yeah, um, they have such a good time. So uh, the doctor talks more to the father. That's what we just heard. Talks more to the father, and what he starts to suss out is um, kind of a nice little sixth sense like reveal. Uh, by the way, I did want to do a check in this episode written by Mark Gaddis, who still gay. Still yeah. gay. Okay, no, no, so still, um, at this point, very going through sort of Baroque gay period, like just very <laughs> gay. <laughs> so, um, I thought this was a nice turn in the episode where we say, like, he says, "Well, when was the child born, uh, Alex? When so? When was George? When was George born?" And he says, oh, it's then. It was the most important day of my life. He's like, "Mm -hmm. can you remember anything about it? And he starts picking away things and holds up a picture of his wife around the time just before he was born. Said, like, your wife's not even pregnant in this picture. And what they realize is that they just suddenly have this child. They have no they wanted a child for years. And now they they have this child, but they have no memory of what happened. They they think that. They, right. you know, they had had a baby and given birth, but actually there's none of that there. And so what we find out I is don't that, know, is that, is that super common in the heterosexual community? I mean, is that happen? Right. I mean, do people like regularly check albums and be like, wait, we weren't pregnant. That's right. Yes. But now we have a baby. Like, I feel like, well, I'm it's not. also common. Uh, heterosexuals are magical. And if we wish hard enough for something, <laughs> they come true. So that uh, also happens. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, so yeah, the doctor susses out that, uh, George, the kid is a particular type of alien called a Tenza. And uh, I guess they I I don't know how he got there. We can come back to that. But basically, they sense other beings feelings around them and then try to, like, kind of make them come true uh, and then change their change their reality of what's going on around them. And um, and then he so he quite literally can lock all his fears in the wardrobe, as they've Mm -hmm. been telling him. Mm -hmm. So the wardrobe's pretty scary place. Mm -hmm. Um, So they decide to go in there and confront. Uh, the wardrobe they walk into it um confront the wardrobe now wardrobe <laughs> no wardrobe <Just> enough <laughs> <laughs> we're all gonna put down our cell phones and we're just gonna talk right <laughs> uh so the uh the father the mother why is the mother just whisked away during this whole thing i, I guess that's just a choice in the story. she has a job you know, oh, okay for, i'm sorry uh, you know because women bring home <laughs> can bring home the bread women can be absent irresponsible parents too you that's know true. i think it's about time yeah, right. we confront it <laughs> <laughs> so uh the the father and the doctor are in there and rory is kind of oh well, rory ends up joining up uh with the doctor anyway they ultimately face George, get him to kind of realize who he is and what's going on. That basically he's creating all this and he has the power to stop it, which he does. But then the fears turn on him, the the marionettes and all the beings turn on him. And the doctor explains to the father, like, this is because he still thinks he's not wanted. Like he's making mm. feelings come true and he still feels and because he's sensing it from you that you don't want him. And, and that that's so he's going to make this come true. He's essentially going to kill himself you know mm-hmm. through, through this and then so we have this nice moment where the father comes down because he's the one who has the power to do this comes down and says 
I love you. I, you know, we'll we'll always love you, um, even though you're a crazy alien, right? And then, <laughs> and then but we will send you to boarding school. Uh, say, does he yeah. say that he's going to boarding school? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Sorry. He should. <laughs> should be like that. Should be like I love you and will never leave you. Get this thing out of here. <clears throat> and then there's a, I thought a, a good Doctor Who. Doctor Who generally in general, but Matt Smith ending where he's like, yes, it's a happy ending. It's all sorted out. He's like, but dude. And then they were like, but is this okay that he's an alien? He's like, no, you know, just raise him as is. I think like it it won't be a problem and it'll be fine. Oh, when he does hit puberty, maybe that's a little (laughs) funny. So check back in and then then leaves. And then it's it's a little like it's a nice it's a happy ending with this. Just a touch of like unsettling thing of like that's actually a little weird, but yeah. uh, let's just leave it. You know, yeah. So uh, hopefully, yeah, no looks for the legal birth certificate or anything. A like nice that. little self-contained mm-hmm. story by Mark Gatiss here. Um, yeah, I thought yeah, uh, enjoyable. Yeah, um, uh, it is. It is definitely a sidestep from the main story. Apparently, it was recorded er- much earlier, uh, so it wasn't. It wasn't supposed to come after Let's Kill Hitler. Uh, so that's partly why they just completely ignore everything. Right, right. Um, which is a little bit odd. Uh, um, there is a. Uh, I kind of get a sense of like this is like they were like, "Hey, remember Fear Her? Let's try to do that differently." Oh <laughs> right? yeah, There's a lot of similarities, right? Oh, <clears> it's so the, much, so much better than that. Gosh, yeah. You got the sort of the stranded kid and alien kid, and and you know making things, the pictures come to life, the fears come to life, and stuff like that. Wow, yeah, right, yeah. Huh. It just felt like it's like somebody was like, "I think we could do that correctly." <laughs> uh, Let's um, run that back. And there is a um uh, uh and and I, part of it is I think the kid's very good. Um, uh, yeah, I think the good. kid actor is very good. Uh, I mean, he doesn't have to do much other than look scared, which is probably, you know, what kids, they're generally pretty good at that. They probably just screamed at him the whole time. Like, your mother doesn't love you and we're never coming. <laughs> like, and then they're the like, roll them. Let's do it. Let's yeah, catch that's good. Yeah, use that. Use that. Um, uh, it's uh, It's got a very sort of fairy tale-ish uh, quality to it, which is sort of Stephen Moffat's vision of Doctor Who. It's, you know, it is about fears and the power of love saves us all. And, you know, you've got the... Um, uh, everybody lives at the end right just the big happy ending all the people that were sucked into the house or whatever they all nobody dies um uh i'm saying that like nobody dies lame uh <laughs> <laughs> it's a very it's a very moffat uh thing to, to have happen um and um uh you do have a great uh rory um continues my my love affair with rory uh continues to be a great character um uh although you do it is and, and we're not gonna get any better with this in the next episode but it's just like oh one of them's dead or almost dead or they're separated again it's just like all right. Um, I mean, they both play. I mean, they're good actors, so they both play it well. But you do sort of be like, all right, we're going through this yet again. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's. Oh, and then uh, there was. Um, uh, did you catch the creepy rhyme at the end? There's a there's a little bit of. So that is the one sort of. Uh, uh, um, uh, just sop to the um, uh, to the. Uh, ongoing story is that there's sort of the creepy line i think about river um i'm trying to see what the um what the line actually was but it is predicting um uh the, the sort of river song story um let's see so it fits uh, into the river storyline and yeah, that it's like a river kill uh, t- uh tiktok um uh tiktok until the day 
by the way while you're looking for that um also the doctor apparently mentions a couple uh he he references seven keys to doomsday a stage the state a stage play of doctor who yeah uh, in some of the the stories that he references yeah there was a um yeah the uh uh, there was there have been a couple attempts to put doctor who on the stage uh one was a a, a, an alternate um i think fourth uh uh, alternate uh oh no seven uh, which one is which i'm confused about there's curse of the daleks is an early one this is a, a, a seven keys to doomsday is a alternate uh fourth doctor i think um and uh i gave me trevor uh something trevor, trevor martin. martin it was going yep. to be played by pertwee yep and uh yeah uh, it's uh, uh of course gatus being a super fan of course okay so here's the rhyme by the way at the end uh tiktok goes the clock what things shall we see tiktok until the day that thou shall marry me tiktok goes the clock and all the years they fly tiktok and all too soon you and i must die tiktok goes the clock we laughed at trade and mourned her Tick-tock goes the clock, even for the doc. Tick-tack goes the clock. He cradled any rockter. Tick-tack goes the clock, even for the doctor. Uh, oh. And so they were going for sort of a creepy, yeah. um, creepy uh, tale. Uh, um, <clears throat> or creepy ending to it. Um, but yes, it's a, 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 the, the dolls are creepy. Uh, they're called peg dolls, apparently. And, and apparently Gatiss is full uh, afraid of dolls which is a very gay thing to do i mean we're all terrified of dolls sure um uh, drag queens are not dolls that's completely different we're generally okay. okay with them okay um so just a, a psa there but uh yeah it's a, it's a solid episode um uh, doesn't doesn't knock your socks are your socks still on i, I mean my socks are, are firmly my socks on. are on but yeah enjoyable. but it's a good episode yeah i also think this is a good one well we can talk about more in the ranking but this is a good one the self-contained ones often fall really well into that category of like, could you show this to someone else? And yeah. as a first episode, it's like, yeah, maybe like this, you know, it, it would be a little different vibe than other episodes, but it's also like, yeah, this is the type of stuff that, you know, happens. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it is, um, uh, it's good to have stuff every once in a while that reminds you, especially I think in the newer series, maybe the older ones, a little bit, but Doctor Who's a horror show, right? It's, it's supposed to be scary. Right. And, and there, there's always the intent um, that, uh, that, you know, people are supposed to be a little creeped out or scared by it. Um, and I also do, um, I do think the, um, uh, having them in the dollhouse is quite clever in the way that that's all played out where they're like, wait, this pan is wooden. And like the little, like the clock hands are painted on and stuff. That was a kind of a nice set of clues where they figured out, Oh, actually we're in the dollhouse. Oh, um, and I'm trying to find this quote. Um, and I didn't write it down. So I've been trying to look for it. Um, and it's a quote at the beginning where he says, when he's lamenting Rory's lamenting that they're just in London and they say something like, that's not all robots in history. <laughs> and I really love that. <laughs> he said, yeah, sometimes it's, you know, going and helping a kid out, but yeah. it's like, yeah, well, Rory can't always be robots in history. So I really <laughs> like that quote. And there's a, there's a sort of very funny scene where they're knocking on all the doors and they keep trying to convince the people to, and like the old woman's yelling at Rory about, or, and they all, they all have like very funny little interactions with the people. Uh, so it, it ca- highlights their characters about how each of them sort of try to bluff their way into finding out about, you know, they're just, there's, I mean, obviously Matt Smith was instantly um and and so was um karen gillen but uh rory is just so eddie that i forget the actor's name i'm sorry but um, arthur darville yeah arthur darville he's like so at ease in his character now like so uh, we already said this last episode but once again he's just like i just really really enjoying rory yeah and he's he's sort of like um it's like uh it's uh, i think we talked about this last episode but it's like uh, um uh he's a very 
he's the person that we are more likely to be right. I mean, I'll probably right, be right. folded up in a, in a ball in the corner as soon as anything bad happened. But um, you know, I don't like it when my luggage gets lost um, or I have to travel in economy. So I can imagine you know this kind of thing. But um, uh, you know, he is at least slightly more everyman. Right? His reactions are so well, funny. and like we said about him, e- even in his physical presence, it's like, yeah, I could maybe be Arthur Darville. It's like, <laughs> were I a woman, would I be Karen Gillan's? Like, no, I really wouldn't. I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. like. She's she's pretty good looking i'm, I'm yeah. not making yeah. making that thing let's move on to the classic episode john mm. uh this <laughs> is a lovely little uh lovely little episode that i like to call ghost light yeah uh it is season the producers and writers so that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it works out we all call it that <laughs> we're in agreement uh this is the seventh doctor sylvester mccoy and ace who we i think haven't uh checked in on uh, for a yeah, while we're gonna see nick's ace next episode too yeah. um uh, next podcast episode, yeah, and this and is also the next Doctor episode. She's going to be in the next one. So see, this is season twenty six. It's the second story. Is twenty six is the last season, right? The last of the classics. The last series. of the classics. Yeah. Um, and this I will say right off the bat, it aired the fourth through the eighteenth of October, nineteen eighty nine. Let me tell you something I like about this episode. Right, right off the bat, the story right off the bat. It's a three-parter. Mm-hmm. Three mm-hmm. parts. What a nice length for this. <laughs> About an hour of content. And then really, when you watch classic Doctor Who's, uh, so take out the, you know, the opening happens with every episode. So you got to take right. out about a minute there. Plus, they tend to retread at the beginning and the end. And then there's right. closing credits. It's reprise, yep. So really, it's around like 15 minutes of content in every 20-minute episode. Mm-hmm. So what you get with a three-parter is it's about the length of a modern <laughs> Doctor Who episode. Yes, indeed. Yes, and, and it's a there, much preferable is, length. Um, uh, Peter Davison, uh, the fifth Doctor, uh, did a lot of DVD commentaries on, on his episodes, of course. Uh, and he kept saying... Um, uh, as he was watching, making sort of that comedy, he's like, oh, there's a lot of fat that they could be trimmed out of these episodes and stuff. Uh, so there's one, uh, um, when we get to it, maybe I'll, I'll have uh, we'll watched both uh, versions uh, where they took a, a four-parter Enlightenment uh, and just for fun, the DVD producers were like, all right, let's see if we could cut it into a 50-minute hey. episode. And they did, and it works reasonably yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. This is story number 153, so... Uh, because we but and we haven't talked about this enough, but we are really at about the halfway point in terms of number of stories mm-hmm. uh, in the Doctor Who universe of starting with this next season. Yeah. Um, now there will be more new Who than classic Who. Yeah. Um, and that may already be the case in terms of minutes, but in terms of just like stories, we're we're right about there. Yep. Uh, all right, we have a little quote from Ghostlight, and I will play that for you right about now. But you evolved too, like. Nonsense. Your place, your mind. I mean, look at you now. You're no longer your original shape. And I don't think much about your catalogue. It's full of gaps. All organic life is recorded. What about the griffins? The basilisks? You miss the dragons. About the snatchers. Then there are the slidey toes. And the crown Saxe-Coburg. Where are these items? I can't think how you miss them. You have to complete the catalog before you can destroy all life here. Control! She's no use to you now. She's evolved as well. No. All slipping away. All has changed, all his movement. Tell me, Light. Haven't you just changed your location? Not yet. What's the matter, Light? Changed your mind? You are endlessly agitating, unceasingly mischievous. Will you never stop? 
I suppose I could. It would make a change. Nimrod! I can rely on you. Assist me now. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nimrod, light Nimrod. control, they're all here in an epic battle of wills to decide who will get to own this nice Victorian house, I guess. I, I, I yeah, roughly. Oh, we'll leave it at the end. I don't know. I, I'm, so I'm very excited to hear you explain this episode because well, okay. so as it's an I, interesting one. <laughs> well, as I was saying to John in the pre-show green room, which yeah. we were in for quite a while due to a technical yeah, mishaps. Eating sandwiches and having cake Just and hanging stuff. out. There's yeah. a nice little uh, platter back there. That we, <laughs> I just pick on stuff. Cold cuts, yep. I, I, I pull up the Wikipedia page for the episode to kind of help guide a summary of the plot and um and so it's a, always a test um, to me to how much i really glean from the episode of how much am i really just having to read and paraphrase the wikipedia uh plot summary or am i did i get enough to say i can do on my own this one i'll i'll go i have the wikipedia up <laughs> and w- what i would say is I think I can roughly kind of talk about the shape of what I saw, but I, I, I would have to I would have to refer to Wikipedia to get a lot of the details. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's um, it's a, a also a, a horror story right from mm-hmm. the outset. The tone is set very early on. The tone, unfortunately, to me, is also set by the seventh doctor season of like the the uh, the the music and the score is so overwhelming and distracting to me. Yeah, um, it's even even not just it, what it is, but also it's very it's mixed very loud. Like the music is so loud. And There's distracting. actually some criticism of this one. Um, the production team claims it's not the case, but uh, I I think a lot of people have said was there an error in the sound mix here? Because yeah, it does seem like the music overwhelms some of the dialogue sometimes, especially given that this is a very quiet. Store, right there's not yeah. a ton of shoutiness and, and action sequences and right um so yes there is some criticism that actually the music here um may be mixed badly um but again the production team's like no no it's cool every every it's, it was supposed to be like that <laughs> so we find ourselves in this creepy old house i've i've honestly forgot the beginning of how they ended up there but whatever they're there i don't just, know they, they just, just show up in. Just and 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 ace is saying that she knows this house and she's um she's been to it in her so her time, yeah. we're, we're gonna i guess talk more about ace in the next episode of where she's from but she's she's from earth i guess because she's talking yeah. about having visited this house and <coughs> been scared by it and then throughout the episode we find out she burned it down like she yeah. she was scared of the house and she, she's from uh she's from present day in when that, those stories were going to be the 80s Perryvale, which is a, a suburb of london or, or part of london so, but we're here in the 1800s yeah. um and she's we're in this creepy old house and they're having fun with that and they, there's there's some comments about like oh this girl's half naked and of course she's like completely clothed but um and looking looking very beautiful uh, she looks fantastic in some of the in the dress and then also she yeah. has the tuxedo and, so, and she's very she's a very beautiful uh beautiful woman i can I, say yeah. that i can admit that i appreciate that and Ace i don't lose is, so there yeah i appreciate yeah there's a stop to you uh that, thank uh, you so yeah. much i yeah. appreciate that <laughs> yeah all right um, now we've mentioned a woman <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, love, I love Ace. And this is a great, I thought, episode for her because she gets to, she has some kind of like Emmy Award moments where she has yeah. she's really because she's torn over this experience of this house. It was like a traumatic experience for her growing up. And she has yeah. some <clears throat> scenes later on where she's uh, dealing with that. 
So we meet the people in here. I guess we just stay around because, like, as the doctor does, anyway, he's kind of suspicious there's something else going yeah. on here. We meet a bunch of kind of mutants living at this house. Um, <laughs> some creepy and people. There's some weird yeah. stuff going on. And then, and then ultimately, we, we take an elevator down to the basement and find out, like, that's because they're all giant bugs. Um, <laughs> and it reminded actually reminded me a little bit of um, Ark in Space, of the, the bug oh, costumes. Yes. The worm, um, yeah. So what we find out is that there are these aliens, these bugs, and then they come and evolve very quickly, I guess, with each generation. And they have so they they take on the appearance of some of the people they have there who, who they've captured there uh i don't uh and then we find out because what i was going to say is i don't know why like i don't know why they're there um no. and, or, or what they're hoping to gain out of it. that's why like i said it does seem to be they're fighting for control of this house like they just enjoy the house <laughs> um uh, then there's a creature so then we get into the weird names of that there's as we heard in the clip there's someone called light and there's yep. someone called control. Right. Um, and so light uh, is awoken later. He's a very shiny fellow. He's as, a super as, gay angel. It <laughs> seems to be some sort of angel. And he's like, what's going on here? Hey, when, he, when he arrives, what you what, hey, he's a little fey. <laughs> and, and then we find control who's uh, morphed as a woman and, uh, is is in the cellar and they have this sort of epic battle where i will have to read is the end because <laughs> i just like i didn't understand what was happening then i i got the ace part so the mm. ace part is the through line of like she has this house she sensed an evil presence yeah, she burned scared. it down she's coming to grips with it yeah that all happens and i get that here's what we're here's what the, the i'm quoting wikipedia the doctor convinces light of the futility of opposing evolution mm-hmm. which causes him to overload and dissipate into the surrounding house mm-hmm. controls complete evolution into a lady derails smith's plan as fen cooper he's also there he's yeah. the man Fred who's been trapped there yeah. um, having freed himself from smith's brainwashing control chooses to side with her instead of him and in the end smith is taken captive on the ship control fen cooper and nimrod who's like the butler yeah. set off in an alien ship to explore the universe i yeah. guess we're, th- th- that's like a spinoff that was never followed. You know, we could follow them. Surprised Big Finish um, hasn't tackled that yet. Yeah, but yeah, won't. that was a, I just, I kind of understood a little bit about like, of course, they're al- the moment where you see that there's actually an alien ship and bugs. It's sort of like, it reminds, oh, by the way, I had gotten the quote wrong. What they say is, well, uh, in the previous New Who episode, they uh, they arrive at the block of flats, and Rory says, "Like I could have just taken a bus here." And Amy says, "Well, I suppose it can't all be planets in history, Rory, mm. <laughs> and not not robots in history, planets in history." And then the Doctor says, "Well, it can it can be planets in history, but not today. We're answering a cry from a child's uh, the most important, the scariest place in the universe, a child's bedroom." But but what I liked about the insect revealing is that it was like, "Oh, you're kind of going along this Victorian thing, kind of weird and creepy." It's like. And now we just have these big, scary insects. It just seemed so <laughs> crammed in. And it and reminded it me of um, a, a story I really liked that takes place in a similar time period, which is uh, an early uh, first season of The New Who, which is the Dickens episode. Mm-hmm. And that they find a fantastic alien thing of it. And as we talked about in that episode, I believe I'll, I'll look up what episode it was. It was an early episode for us, episode three or four. 
what we talked about at the time, like how much explanation do you need for the aliens? Right. Like yep. basically something fantastic has happened is happening. We're going to explain it away as aliens as opposed to just magic. But how much do we really need to go into it? And in that case, it was like not a lot, but just enough to yeah. say like, well, there's a there's a rift to another world, and that's why they're like this and whatever. Yeah, those are this, was, those are the unquiete dead. So those are number three. Unquite dead. Yeah. And this, it was just so like, oh, here are these bugs. Like we're gonna show these alien bugs <laughs> at a space. It was just jarring. Like uh, so. Well, so finally, so it's it's great you pick up on that because um uh they were inserted at the last minute by the producer who basically was like, hey, Doctor Who has monsters. Uh, it's just got to have some monsters in it. That's just what people expect. Uh, and they were kind of like, uh, oh, they don't need like, to put some monsters in. And so they're husks. They are technically Josiah, uh, his earlier forms. Like he, he like shed them like a snake, I guess. To right, right. Or like a cicada. Is. Yeah. So so um, this is, um, I've seen this story, I don't know, 20 times. Um, and I think I'm just yeah, starting to get it. Uh, it's uh, it is notoriously complicated. Uh, it's by uh, it's by a Doctor Who fan, a guy named Mark Platt, um, who's an excellent writer and has written some uh, some other uh, sort of spinoff stories and, and some fantastic ones. Um, uh, and it was actually originally going to he wanted to do a creepy house story, and it was originally going to be set at the Doctor's home on Gallifrey. They were going to go back and meet the Doctor's weird family. It was a, a home called Lungbarrow. Uh, he turned this into a book in one of the sort of new adventures uh, books, um, but. Um, uh, the production team was like, no, we don't want to go that deep into the mythology. Can you just make it a creepy earth house? And, and they came up with the story. What is supposed to be happening, if I understand correctly? And there are copious special features on the DVD of people like, it's perfectly simple, everybody. <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, Ace, uh, when she was younger, uh, found this house uh, or, or her friends and her like broke into this empty house. Uh, and um, there's a sort of story about they're running from, uh, um, I think, uh, uh, white kids who had attacked like a, a, a black friend of hers or something like that. Um, uh, it comes up a little bit in the, in the final episode of the season. Um, and, you know, she burned it down because she sensed the evil in it uh, and so forth. Um so the doctor has heard this story and wants to take her there to confront this evil because he realizes that it's alien. She now she understands what that instinct was. Uh, and what the aliens were was apparently a survey ship. Uh, and they were um, like um, uh, basically light, I guess it's like a, a, a anthropologist or something like that. And like they wanted to come and he wanted to make a list of all the beings on earth. Um uh, and then brought with him uh, a survey. That's Josiah, who's supposed to go out and collect all the information and, and basically do this collection. Uh, and then, if I understand correctly, a control, as in not a controller, but control like the control in an experiment, right? Like sort of some, the baseline, I guess, of whatever they were comparing stuff to. That I still don't quite understand what the point is there. Um and uh, the survey got out of control, small C control, uh, um, and um, uh, and and light somehow ended up hibernating, uh, and um, and then Josiah sort of is like, uh, oh, I you know I I uh, I want to, uh, uh, I guess the survey is driven by the need for order, right, and and lists and all that. So it's like I want control again, small C control. That's also confusing. Uh, it's like <laughs> so I'm going to take over the British Empire. Um, how do I do that? I should just kill the Queen. Uh, I'm not 100 sure how then that translates to him taking over. Um, <laughs> it's like it's not like a game where it's like I killed her, so now I'm in charge. <laughs> like I, I am. Well, that, I, <laughs> that's funny because this is reminiscent of that 
episode, uh, was it last episode or a couple ago, um, where they they were like, yeah, we can take the form of anyone, so we're going to take over human civilization by taking over the Scottish Minister for Energy. Yes, right, the Zygons. Yes, right. Same kind of thing. You never know how the uh, who knows how succession works. You know, we we mock it here uh, in America, and how are we succeeding our president? Well, look, I think what one thing that we found out among aliens, and we could probably like write a good academic paper on this by the end of this podcast, is aliens are actually there's there's themes across the universe of aliens which is they all want to reroute power yep they all want to mine things mine things and they all want to impersonate minor (laughs) (laughs) impersonate they all want to impersonate humans (laughs) also by the way all alien races if left alone long enough get bored and want to take over whatever planet they're on exactly so josiah wants to take over um then light has been asleep, I guess, like napping for a while or something. They yeah, he uh, shows up in there's three episodes. He shows up at like late in episode two or yeah, maybe even in episode two, three. right? Yeah, uh, and he's like, ah, I mean that's not the line. And he's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like what happened? I I thought we were all done with the survey, but all the things have evolved, right? And so there, and you also have the Reverend Matthews who shows up and he's complaining about Josiah on evolution, played by the brilliant um uh I'm trying to think of the name uh. John Nettleton, who's from Yes Prime Minister, Yes Ministry, plays yeah, the, some, the some good actors in this. Yeah, he's brilliant. Um, and um, and so that yes, and then some. Basically, the doctor points out that everything's changing around you. You also got Gwendolyn, uh, who's the daughter that lived in the house. Uh, I think the aliens just ended up in the house, and then the maid turned out to be the mother. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a lot of elements going on uh, in this story. Um, and yeah, it's not a hundred percent clear uh, it's, it's incredibly complicated um but it's saved by the fact that uh, i think this is one of mccoy's best performances i mean he's really good at just he's not great at yelling acting and he's not great at being an action hero but like sort of this this sort of quiet brooding angry sometimes but like serious he's he's very good uh i think in it uh and i think you're right sophie aldred uh, as ace is very good in it uh sort of plays you know i think she's she we'll we'll talk about this in the next uh, uh, episode of the podcast, but um, she wasn't a very experienced actress, uh, and so uh, you know she's obviously coming into her own now. She's on her her, her basically her third season, uh, and uh, and seems to be getting hang of it. So she does very well. Um, uh, you do um, you, you are completing sort of an interesting companion arc, right? I mean, so uh, you actually do have her um, actually. Um, uh, you know, she's, um, it's clear the doctor has been trying to, and, and this is something that's a running theme throughout the season. The clear doctor has been trying to educate her, right? Like they land and she gets off the TARDIS and he's like, uh, he's referring to her initiative test. And it's just like, so what do you see? What's going on here? Um, you know, what, what do you pick up in the house? Um, and it's like the idea they sort of had was that, oh, he was teaching her between stories, right. And, and making her into a, a better time traveler and trying to help her understand. And there was some talk that if the show had gone on for another season, it was going to, the next season was going to end with her ending up uh, going to the, the Academy, the time Lords uh, Academy. Um, uh, That was going to be her way. She's written off the show and that she was going off to learn uh, to be a time Lord. Then obviously uh, to to become a time Lord. Well, right. So the Gallifreyans, right. So doctors from Gallifrey, he's a Gallifreyan, um, 
at least at this point. Uh, and um, uh, uh, the Time Lords are sort of the elite of that uh, planet. So, yeah, she couldn't become a Gallifreyan, but she might be able to be educated. And, you know, they're going to be like, yeah. oh, you know, she's, a, she's obviously very smart and she's capable and she could be a some sort of Time Lordish thing. Um, uh, so um, that was sort of the idea of where they were going to go, but obviously they didn't get to do another season. As you point out, this is the very last uh, recorded episode, all in the studio, um, uh, and uh, it, it's, it's a very macabre episode too. This is the part where so it's, he, it's not the last episode aired because Curse no. of Fenric comes after this, and then uh, there's right, another uh, one, and then Survival. Yeah, is is the very last one. Um, uh, but yes, yeah, so it, it was all in the studio. Obviously, no um, uh, no location filming, uh, but it's a very macabre episode, right? I mean, there's the part where he he reduces the uh, or he, he kills the maid and then he's dismantling her and at one point he turns around and he's just holding a severed arm and he's like i yeah. want to see how it worked and then there's he reduces the uh scotland yard inspector to primordial soup and it's a quite a you know there's some interestingly um sort of macabre stories in here um and uh yeah it's a, it's a really odd story but uh um uh, uh again i think it's saved by just sort of the atmosphere and the performances well i I'm not um, not a huge fan of uh, Sylvester McCoy uh, as the doctor. I do think he does a good job here. One of the things that we've said in some of his other episodes, which I still think kind of holds true here, is like uh, we've talked about the complexity of the plot. Th- there's interesting things about the story, but um, he just has to deliver some tough lines, some like yeah. wordy things that are like clever, but hard to uh, they, they just don't sound smooth coming out of uh one's mouth and they're interesting things um and he delivers them i think as best he can but uh, that's one of the reasons and then just like the trappings of this era of the episode it's like it's it's very distracting to me but there's some great quotes that like sound better on paper than they always do in the show like he says i loathe bus stations terrible places full of lost luggage and lost souls um that's a great little line it doesn't it's never going to sound conversational like it's just such a overwritten thing um but yeah, I mean, I think I definitely liked this more than some of the other Professor McCoy episodes um, we've had. And of course, <laughs> as always, I, I watched the episode following this, The Curse of Fenric, in like our fourth episode. Mm. And uh, I increasingly understand that that was better than I had initially <laughs> ranked it as. You're, it's, you're it's feud, climbing up. Your feud with McCoy. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it's obviously it's climbing up the this, rankings. This, um, entire thing. I mean, on the point of being overwritten, I think. Uh, I think this is, if not one of his first, his very first uh, writing gig. This is Mark Platt's first thing, um, and I, you know, you see interviews with authors and stuff like that. And you know, when they their first thing in, in particular, they're usually like, uh, "This could be it, right? Like, I got to get everything out on the page." So yeah, I think it's yeah, right. incredibly, you know, <laughs> and, and you know, I'm sure there were probably lines in there that went in the original story, and he's really liked them and wanted to shoehorn them into this one and and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's there must be that just fear of like, well, this could be it, so I better just put everything on there. So yeah, I, I can I can imagine that that leads to a lot of overwritten uh, material. Cause it's a themes themes tonight. We're gonna have some things that happen throughout Doctor Who. It's such a theme 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 night. <laughs> Hey, 
Michael. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, uh, the, the, we, were talking, were we talking about Vincent Price we in were the original about Vincent, take in an earlier take. I yes. Think, the so opening. in an earlier <laughs> recording of this, we mentioned that we were going to do a Vincent Price voice and then realized we don't actually know how to do that, yeah. even though we could identify a Vincent Price voice from 100 miles away. Well, even during that, when you were just doing that that theme uh, theme theme, uh, I was thinking, I was like, I could I could try to do the Vincent Price, but it wouldn't work. I mean, <laughs> he, he roams the, the something of it's, the I mean, night. He's not British, that. right? But he has this sort of like he uh, might yeah. be British, but it is very yeah. yeah. I don't I mean, anyway. Vincent Price is something we talked about in an earlier recording yeah. again, and as we said, that recording. Had the, the magic room floor. Had yeah. the magic. Uh, yeah. This one, you know, unfortunately, just doesn't. I mean, yeah. That's just how it is. But <laughs> uh, we are adherents of the repeating themes here, and no, not the mind probe. We like to talk about some of the issue issues, the issues. and yes. and and uh, events and topics that thread throughout the Doctor Who universe and our own. Uh, John, mm-hmm. what did you want to discuss? This um, uh, so complexity. I, I you know, uh, as I mentioned, um, Ghost Light is, is considered a very confusing story. I think our our attempt to summarize it there again i've seen it many 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 times and i've read <laughs> the novelization um i've studied it i i went to a mountaintop in tibet and just contemplated it for for uh six <laughs> months uh and that that summary that i gave is the best that i've managed to cobble together at this point um by the way and- this is one of those that you saw like when it came out right no i mean um, no i mean so at that point when it was, I was shown in the u.s yeah so i i actually saw uh, this probably did not help um i remember i recorded it off of pbs it probably was about oh it probably was a few years after because you know, it's probably in the early 90s so a few years after it, it had gone out in, in the uk and i think um i think i you know i was recording this on a vcr um and so i had to like run home and i think it was late or something so i missed like the first 10 minutes oh, okay. uh, so already i was i was behind um, operating on a deficit yeah again watch it many times cause I, I, I like the atmosphere so um but yeah it's just, it's just interesting it's like what what do you think is uh and maybe this is shifting now like how complex does, should a television show be especially a show that's trying to be like a family show right it's a serialized uh show uh and uh you know it, and, and so you know here we have night terrors which has uh, does not pick up uh, any threads of the ongoing story and also tells a pretty simple story, right? It's pretty easy to follow. Um, uh, you don't have to be like hanging on every word. Then you have something like Ghost Light, which obviously has multi-layered, obviously the, the evolution theme going through it in many different ways. Ace is changing uh, in the story. She's evolving as well and sort of all this interactions like that, which works better um, either just generally or in Doctor Who is, 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 is Ghost Light, a failure of a story because it's too complicated or is the fact that it's complicated a plus for you that you can be like, Ooh, I could, you know, are you thinking I want to watch this 20 more times and really pick it apart? <laughs> well, I, I, I don't, it has to be combined with other things. I don't think the complexity by itself is the linchpin of whether it works or not, because I think you can have, um, and we have had in some other episodes, relatively simple stories that are just, done very well and the trappings of the story are make it enjoyable to watch and so they're great episodes and then um you know we've also had complex ones that you are are just good and so you want then you want to watch again and you gain things from from repeat viewings um i don't i think the complexity here 
to me it wasn't what did it in um mm. it probably was if i liked it more it would be something you'd want to watch again to to suss it out but i just to me i didn't like how the story is being told so then the complexity mm. i don't know does it get in the way i mean what in in the sense of the complexity being an aspect of the complexity are, are the layered pieces of the story right like the thing that ace has going on then the thing overlaid with the thing going on with the aliens um that i liked because the ace story kind of kept me moving along even when the alien story was uh, a little bit uh opaque Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so it's (laughs) it can be it's like well make it more complex and then uh in terms of complex in terms of throwing lots of different plots in there because maybe one of them will hit and then like you'll <laughs> right. you'll carry through um but for a TV show so lost was a very complex TV show in right. some ways right We've talked about that, yeah. um and i think at the beginning of it 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 was what drew you in to say like man how like though that's interesting and so then you watch each episode so closely because you're like what's that going to happen is that going to tie back to the thing we saw earlier that and you did it because early on they would start to tie up a couple things or connect a few uh, threads that you Mm -hmm. would have throughout then as the show went on and you knew also that it was going to end right you you found out that it was like whatever it was nine seasons or whatever and you were in season six and then you found that out of the midway point as an example with lost Mm -hmm. and you were like okay so now we know when this is ending but what that ultimately did is then as you got nearer to the end and you were in season eight or whatever you're like so there's a good (laughs) 50 percent of this 75 percent that is clearly not going to be addressed and we're just sort of red herrings which is i mean fine it's legitimate it's fine but it made some people disappointed because they were like oh i was hoping this complexity was all then going to tie up in a neat bow and it was all going to be explained. And when it's not, then it ultimately becomes you you get strung along for a certain period of time. And and then that goes away. I mean, like, again, that's complexity over seasons and and arcs and stuff like that. But like within an individual episode, I think it just really depends on, on the episode itself, whether like it's, it's, it's helpful. And, now it's a real cool layered thing that I can't wait to revisit or if it's like this is impenetrable. I can't even watch this. You yeah. Know? Or even it's like because um, there is a I think it, if it's done really well, uh, complexity is like, ooh, I figured this out. Like it's like I solved a puzzle, mm, a puzzle right? Yeah. Like that, you know, and, and obviously it's all being spoon fed to you. But it's like, oh, that thing came in from earlier and I get that now and that all makes sense and things like that. Um and I think there is sort of a sweet like I think I think Ghostlight doesn't quite work because I it doesn't all fit together and I'm still working that out. Um, on the other side of it is like uh, Inception or Tenet, uh, which are both I great was movies. Mention, uh, but um, I don't want to see them again. Like I like like I yeah. uh, Tenet was more complicated. I, I think I get most of it. Um, Inception I get, uh, and I liked it. And I was like, "Ooh, that was you know nice, good me, good job me." Uh, at the end, <laughs> like, you know, I didn't obviously do anything, uh, but I followed it, and I was like, "Okay, that was good." But then there's just, a, and uh, you know, it, part of me is like, "Well, that probably is a movie that you want to see again because, like, I bet there's a lot I missed or things you could pick up on or something like that." But then part of me is just like, "Nah, it was I. It hurt a lot to watch it. I had to really concentrate on it. It's like that's a little too much for me." He's just a great one, um, a and I'm, I'm. What is his name? The director, uh, 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 Nolan, Chris Nolan, Christopher Nolan. He's one with those in particular because he's had other movies that aren't necessarily like this. That um, I agree. I enjoyed Inception. I didn't actually see Tenet. 
yet. Um, I wouldn't like to see it. Um, but he's one where it's it's started to feel like with some of his movies that the complexity I kind of cross my arms when I'm watching it because I'm like, you're clearly just like trying it. You're right. trying to make it complex almost as like a parlor trick. Like, look, look how clever I'm, I am. Yeah. Look how clever yeah. I am. And then then I kind of recoil from that a bit. Um, whereas if it just happens naturally, I don't know why this is coming to mind, but uh, a movie that I've liked on repeat viewings is, um, it's a weird way to think about it as complex, but there's a lot of stuff going on in the movie, the Royal Tenenbaums that if you watch it again, there's like, (laughs) there's so much going on and there's lots of different characters. And because it's Wes Anderson, like the sets and stuff are very meticulous and designed and you can like watch it again and see different things going on. And now maybe you hate the movie, but like regardless to me, that struck me as one where like when I just watched it, I just enjoyed it. And right. I did want to watch it again because I enjoyed it. And then when watching it again, I was like, oh, there's actually like more going on here. Yeah, and that is the complexity that's nice rather than I agree. You know, and I think Christopher Nolan's got something there because there is a certain crowd of people who have that feeling that you described like, oh, I figured it out. Yeah. And then they kind of want to go like that eh, figure this out i am going to go watch it again just so i can feel how good i figure this out <laughs> and these are annoying people that i don't really like to be with but but i think there are a lot of people who like that and yeah. i think i think they are on the internet a lot too <laughs> well that might so, be you know that's that might and that might be you're getting closer to the answer here which is uh, you know it's like it's got to have a story it's got to have a simple story a simple enough story she can follow the through line uh but then actually if there are there are layers to it so another one that um uh I actually really want to go re- and rewatch this because I've been reading some stuff online about this. Um, is Ted Lasso, uh, which oh, apparently have you seen that? Uh, it's in the first season. I still haven't really watched the second season. So um, uh, apparently, the it's incredibly layered writing. Like I mean, so again, the story is pretty straightforward. Really, about the football team and stuff, but like there are uh, references and callbacks to things. Oh wow! Um, that uh, so like the uh, uh, the. Um, He's in the first season, so remember he plays darts against the uh, the, the you know the the ex husband, yes, yes. uh, and they're like they're uh, just read some analysis because it's this great scene and Jason Statham is amazing in it and the monologue he gives is really good and stuff like that. It's like there are so many things in there that like he mentions his father dying, uh, which sets up the like the 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 death of his father becomes a huh. big thing. He mentions uh, and then at the end, um, uh, he he throws the dart and hits the bullseye. Uh, and um, uh, the article's reading was like, so first of all, he seems very nervous, like he's going to hit it. And then he calms down and he just says barbecue sauce and throws a dart and hits the bullseye. And a lot of people were like, oh, you know, is that some sort of cool thing to say? And no, it's reference to he said earlier on that, like, there were certain foods that just put him in a calm place when he was a kid because they reminded him growing up when he was a kid. And he talks about eating like barbecue and stuff. And like, so, so that apparently it's like, uh, and there's all the stories, these callbacks and references or, or foreshadowing of things that are going to happen in later seasons. It's like, that's interesting, right? That's interesting writing. Like, cause it's like, again, I follow the plot. I understand what happened. He played darts, he beat the guy. And now the guy can't come to like that as enough for me to go with. But if you actually look at it more deeply, um, uh, you that, know, there, there's a lot more. And that's maybe where ghost light is kind of a little bit weak is it's like, wait, I, I don't, what is the simple through line here? Right. Uh, and then, then I can add the other layers onto top of it and get more. On. By the way, we've talked about this one repeatedly. I know you're a big fan of the show. Benson, I think yeah. one that Benson is a lot of complexity too. <laughs> I think, I think one that does kind of a mix of what we're talking about, like that is clearly trying to be complex, uh, in sometimes almost an annoying way, but then just kind of like nails it most of the time is community. As we yeah. talk about that a lot, it was like, 
there's no secret like he Dan Harmon is clearly trying to do these very complicated things with that show but it is also just enjoyable and he it it I don't know I don't know if every single season but there's so much of community that is like yeah all those layers are there you know he's trying to do this little parlor trick and he does it and not just he but everyone who's working on the show um and so that's kind of a mix of both where it's 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 not it's not deceptively simple. It's clearly complicated and it still works and is fun. And yeah. And, and, and I, you know, to, to maybe ghost Lake could have been like almost, almost going for that because you know, one of the secrets of community is that he, you know, he always says this, uh, uh, if you're the audio commentaries on his DVDs are actually really interesting because he's clearly, he's clearly a, he's got a lot of, problems uh (laughs) got some issues which he's very upfront about um but he talks a lot about sort of the technique use and one of the things he said is look every time we do a gimmick episode like the paintball one or they did one that was all animated like classic gi joe he's like the that had to start with a story a storyline like advancing some storyline right there had to be some character development or you know it had to be about at the heart of it It couldn't just be like hey we're gonna do you know, die hard now. Uh, <laughs> it had to be like, right, right. Hey, we're going to deal with this Britta and Jeff plot. Uh, and we're going to do it through the lens of this uh, thing. And, and that's me. And so I think, you know, it's here, it's like ghost lights. Like, Hey, we, we want to get ACE from point A to point B here in terms of her character development. Um, or, or, you know, we burn bringing something from her past. Um, uh, and we're going to, you know, sort of put that into this larger ghost story and they don't quite, Again, you don't quite follow the the full ghost story, so it's like <laughs> it kind of loses uh, loses that. But yeah, I think that's all right. So complexity, uh, good, but not too complex. Uh, watch Lost and Community. <laughs> <laughs> all right, John, how you doing? How are you good? Good. good. That was good. a good. That was uh, that was complicated. Uh, you know, people complicated. Uh, should go back and listen to that theme section because there were a lot of we layers listen. there. Um, there's a lot of obviously a lot of tensions between you and I on many different levels. Uh, That's right. That coming out that are expressed there. And, and, my, <laughs> and I think as we discussed, no, we haven't discussed. Mike's gone. Mike's um, gone. Yeah. So right. I mean, you're so just I'm, seething. I'm, you know. uh, not not gone forever, by the way, folks. Just oh God, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> We'll he's, miss you, Mike. <laughs> he's, on, he's on vacation. Uh, you know, folks, it's it's not uh, no, no issues here. Uh, I, I, he's he's got some time off. I got to work. Um, uh, but you know, we need a little space uh, because a lot of people forget maybe that for Porter and I, uh, our spouses didn't ask to be to be dragged into podcasting megastardom right i mean you know no, they, they didn't marry asked, asked against it they yeah, asked. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they, we were just two normal people with large yeah. heads uh who they married uh and thought okay i'm just gonna go through life uh and then and then suddenly you know now we're podcasting now now their lives are an open a book for a public spectacle uh, when, when you typical. listen to when you listen to us you should think like Oh, there, bef- there before the grace of God, go high. You know, <laughs> right. like, like you don't. We could be you. you want I mean, this. <laughs> you don't well, want like, this responsibility. Uh, speaking of which, immense responsibility. Every episode where we rank the stories amongst the we do the, the entire Doctor Who canon. There's 299 official Doctor Who television stories. We have ranked 128 of them, and we're going to get up to 130. Uh, yeah. with this one, uh, I'm going to go first here. Uh, these were both kind of like going on vibes with these kind of I, yeah. I'm ranking on vibes and I will say that both of them 
I can't change this. This is just me. Here I am, John. Me, as I stand before you. I'm just a guy standing in front of another guy <laughs> ranking Doctor Who stories. Uh, I don't, as I said, I just don't like horror stories. I think aspects of both of these were well done horror stories, but I kind of probably rank them a little lower just because like, I just don't like being creeped out in the same way. So mm-hmm. Night Terrors, um, I really enjoyed. Um, and probably would have ranked a little higher if not for uh, again some of that feeling of like oh this is a well done version of a story that i don't really like Mm -hmm. um so i ranked it number four number 39 Mm -hmm. uh out of the 100 uh, no 130 uh stories i have it right around power of the daleks just above the beast below um because again just comparing it to some of these more modern episodes um I did like it more than those. It's really fun. I have not thinking about fear her the entire time here. Fear her. I think I have ranked last or no, I have it fifth from last. Yeah. I really dislike that episode. Um, And so this showed me this like, Hey, a well done version of this story. I like, you know, I have it way up. So again, it's up in the near to the top, but just, it just doesn't blow me away for some of these other stories i do think it is a good potentially rewatchable maybe but well not for me i guess but but but, but to intros. show to other people like let's say i was finding a smattering of doctor who shows and i'm like hey watch these five episodes this could be one of them mm-hmm. because it is kind of a creepy one to show the different genres that they have like hey they have this kind of thing too hey you're gonna do hey. hey they got it in this one you like it a horror show they got it the horror show get it out of show ghost light um Again, because it's Sylvester McCoy, and I love Ace. I love Ace. Um, <sighs> but uh, feud with Sylvester McCoy is going to end I, badly. I have it pretty low. I, it might. I'll I'll check this when we go over to you. It might be one of my highest of his, but I have it. Uh, <laughs> I have it ninety third. Mm. Might be one of my highest, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, I I enjoy it. Um, I have it right below Gridlock, right above the Keeper of Tracking, the Dominators, mm. Evil Daleks. It it was good. A little dense i liked some of the moments of it and honestly i rank it really high because it was three episodes like this is, <laughs> it was easy to get through you know short. um yeah. short yeah. so again but 94 at this point i've ranked 130 that's like the bottom of the middle like that that's yeah. you know that's yeah. that's that's yeah. pretty high well, that's so. you you explain that to him what uh, you rehearsed that when he talked to you. <laughs> um well, that's that's me that's me john that's, that's who i am that's, that's a I me <laughs> um yeah i've got um uh maybe i flipped it i think a little bit for us uh night terrors doesn't do much for me um i like the kid i i like uh i like all the, the you know matt smith and, and we didn't actually talk about the dad who's actually really pretty good in this too uh he's a great performance um and you know pretty believable um i i i'm an old cranky old cynic so i'm you know the the oh he wins with the power of love always annoys me a little bit oh see i like these things (laughs) yeah you're a father and you have children that you love yeah like an idiot uh um uh so i've got it down uh i've got it kind of in my my workman like uh i've got it number 59 right above a young quiet dead fires of pompeii and in so it's in a solid area like i'm certainly not uh not rubbishing it um uh because i do think it's it's just a, it's well executed and it is it's creepy the dolls are very creepy uh, which i like a little bit um i i i like uh creepy suspense stories i don't like uh i don't like gory horror story i don't like horror stories that are just like hey let's, let's hack people up with an axe um but uh um there were no axes in this one no axes. Uh, that's my review no axes uh <laughs> in this one um 
Ghost Lightning got higher. Uh, I just have a soft spot for it. Um, uh, I think it's got. I, I like McCoy. I like you, Sylvester McCoy. Uh, so you know, don't don't somehow re- rescind the picture that we have together, which I still need to put up on the website. Um, and I, it's just in my solid. Also, this is a uh, this is sort of the season. The season twenty six, uh, as we talked about with Christopher Fenrick, um, less so Battlefield, but uh, also with Survival, was sort of Doctor Who just getting back in the groove. Right? They were actually these were turning they were turning out good stories again. Uh, or, or this was you know definitely more sophisticated. Who I like Ace. Uh, so I've got it at number twenty seven, just below the Curse of Fenric. Um uh, and again, I I still don't know what's going on. So the rewatchability factor is I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> One day I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out what's happening in this story, uh, and when I do, it's probably I'll probably be on my deathbed, uh, and and you know, my last words will be whispered. I'll be like Nimrod. We were going to mention there are a couple <laughs> another like l- layer in there is that Nimrod is a Neanderthal. Yeah. And they talk a little bit about like them as a endpoint in evolution. There, there's all there's a bunch of stuff going yeah, on in here. There's a um, lot crammed in there. Um, so yeah, solid story again. I, I think well executed. Um, also, it's nice um, you know that the uh, the BBC can obviously do old Victorian houses very well. So you know it doesn't it doesn't look ridiculous. Like the sets look good and everything else is good. So yeah, I've I just got up there. It's, it drips with atmosphere. Uh, and, uh, and very high so, yeah. 27, you yeah, have number 27. So let's, let's, uh, let's, yeah, that's, I'll that's pl- it. So deal let me plug, <laughs> deal with <laughs> that computer. <laughs> let me plug these very different opinions into the supercomputer. And what we find out is that Ghostlight is now currently, as the Mind Probe shared ranking, the number one seventh doctor story, hmm. um, at 61. Um, and, and it, so this is really moved up because that means. Out of 130 stories, it's now above. It's in the top half, and Curse of Fenric is isn't far behind. So, um, so those two are, are are up there. Of mine, it's actually the second. Uh, I have Battlefield ranked above it. Ooh, um, okay, mm. but that means in general, I've I've ranked this season of McCoy, yeah, uh, as as much it's more highly your than top season. Yeah. Of the others. Right. Okay, mm. so that's that one, and then poop. Okay, eat bop poop. Uh, Night Terrors comes in at 42, ranked just below episode named 42. So that's Whoa. a little confusing. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that, that that sounds right for both of them. I, I think you you have some nostalgia that push some of oh, those yeah. um, boy big. ones higher. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I'm look, I'm the real talk. I'm I'm just like, <laughs> look, I just speak my mind. I'm just speaking my mind. <laughs> I just speak frankly. Um, no, I uh, mean it's it's getting raw, uh, which you know I think real. once you get once you, you know as a lot of people say a lot a lot of shows hit their stride in their sixty fifth episode yeah. <laughs> when you start to nail it. So, well, look, guys, you can go to our website mindprobe.show. Do you can it. See, see Shut up rankings. and do it, people. You can much more easily than I was just able to do right now filter yeah. down by doctor or by John and I's rankings and and see how those all work out. And maybe you have your own rankings at home, which. Hey, if you do, send them in to us. We'd love to see yeah. them. We, um, we don't check the email, but um, you know, I don't know. Some the Chinese might intercept it. So I've checked my email. Oh, and here's, okay. I've started to get email, and here's what it is. I do a comic called Rooney the Rabbit, ah. and I've signed up that email address <laughs> to my Rooney the Rabbit comics uh, to to make sure that the list goes out on time. So my Mind Probe email address gets a nice little uh, comic three times a week or two times Ooh. a week. 
uh, of Rooney the Rabbit comic. So go mm. go to RooneyComics.com and check that out if you're interested in getting some uh, nice, cute. Uh, I don't even comics. have the web address anymore of the the mail. I should probably send you me should that. Probably get that. Mindprobe.show, um, um, uh, you can you can email us Porter at Mindprobe.show, John at Mindprobe.show, but also you can go and look at the watch order, yeah. see what we're watching That's next. Happening. Watch along with us, John. What do we have in store for the next? Uh, so uh, um, uh, we're we're rolling along, um, uh, and we're actually going to uh, we're going to obviously go to the next uh, Matt Smith, uh, uh, Karen Gillan, Arthur Darby uh, episode. Um, uh, a, a a Karen Gillan tour de force. Uh, a, a, a lot of acting from her to take center stage here. Uh, in the girl who waited, we get an, a young Amy and an old Amy. Uh, so very exciting. Um, and uh, I've paired that. We're taking a waiting theme here. Um, people waiting a long time for things. Uh, and we've paired that with another Seven Doctor Ace a story and Mel. Uh, um, and actually, we're going to go back to the very first Ace story, uh, and we're going to uh, we're going to check out the Dragon Fire. Another right. three-parter, so you're going to love it. It's another three-parter. Uh, it's got it's got what you want, which is less less classic. <laughs> no. Oh, John, I look forward to that. I look forward to that next episode. I look forward to finding just a limited, a, a shorter amount of time in which yeah. to watch that episode. Right. Yeah. I look forward Here's to, to less things happening. Here's, here's to the future. <laughs> Vincent Price sound. It's something <laughs> like this. Something like this. And the werewolves came out that night. And, but yeah. every time I think of it, it's more like, I think I sound too much like the Monster Mash when I'm doing it. It's like, <laughs> it's not that. It's, it's uh, sort of a... Uh, 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 and it's nasal. I think it's, yeah. it's like a nasal voice. that the, Walks the, the, uh, into the night. So what else other than like he obviously did the thriller video and it was like oh they got Vincent Price to do it so what did he do before that he, that was uh, he was in those sort of 70s, 60, 70s, 50, 60, 70s British uh, Hammer horror films right he's in like Doctor Terror's House of Horrors he's in a lot with uh, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee like he's in that sort of cadre oh gosh you know he he could have really played the master genre yeah looking right because he has that pencil mustache yeah. Uh, he wow. was um, uh, he was in some old Alfred Hitchcock's. Uh, yeah, I think he was just uh, he, and, you know, he must have done a radio, right? He must have done a radio. He's got a voice for, for radio, stage, television, radio. Yeah, he would have been a good stage actor. Oh, he's American though, so I just I think he's. Pretty That's what sketchy. I thought. I think John he just Waters. he puts on like a fancy voice, but it's not quite like an accent, an English accent. Fancy man. He is a fancy man. No, he was. Um, well, he's in the Ten Commandments. Oh, Roger yeah. Corman movies. Yeah, yeah. 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 did sing uh, House of Wax, House of Haunted Hill, Tingler, Latin, or the other dresses. Oh, he was in guy. Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, but I think yeah. he just became like a cult favorite, and then was just sort of oh, and he went to oh, he went to Yale University. Oh my. Oh wow. Yeah, good for him. Well, anyway, mindprobe.show. Mm-hmm. Let you know, John, let's record that one a fifth time. <laughs> <laughs>